Hello, hello. It's so lovely to have you back with us. This is going to be a good podcast, even if the title is all about bad days. Let us start by saying having bad days does not and never will make you a bad parent. I, however, am bad to the bone. Well, I used to be. Now I like to put my pyjamas on at 6pm and have a kid's tea. Right, Sarah? <laughs> Love your kid's tea. I'm Kat Cubie, journalist, presenter and former wild child. And this is Sarah Carpenter, sleep specialist and baby and child expert. How bad were you when you were young, Essie? I was obviously an angel. <laughs> I feel like this Just story. Just mum. <laughs> Together we are the Sleep Mums. I'm hoping today is not going to be one of those days where everything goes tits up. But if it is, I'm glad we're doing it with you. All of us have bad days, every single one of us, as parents, as children, as babies, even that lassie on social who looks like she always has her shit together. Anyone who tells you otherwise is fibbing or perhaps a sociopath. (laughs) So it's not the having the bad days, it's how you cope with them. And the reality is in the midst of them, it can feel pretty much impossible to do so. Well, to do anything pretty much at all. So we are here to help you through, give you support and ideas for managing them and to be completely and absolutely there with you in solidarity if you need to put your child somewhere safe and scream in the cupboard. We have been there. And I usually have a biscuit at the same time. (laughs) We normally lead into our topics, but I feel like this needs to be at the very beginning in case anyone is having a particularly crap day. What the hell should you do, Sarah, if you have a bad day? The first thing is to remember that it's a day. It's not a week, it's not a month, it's not a year, it's not the rest of your baby's life. But even if you have bad weeks or months, that's okay That's okay too. But when you're in the thick of this bad day, really focus on the fact that it's one bad day. And it might not even be a whole bad day. It could just be a window of that day that's gone a little bit tits up and you can get back on track. So I think that's really the important thing, you know. Acknowledge that, yes, things have gone a little bit awry for this part of this day do reset, do something completely different. If you've planned to go swimming and you're just not getting out the door, ditch it. It's not the be all and end all. You know, whatever plans you have can be changed if necessary. If it's going to take the stress out of it for you guys as parents, change it. I think sometimes, like, if particularly if you're in like a routine queen line, I sometimes mm-hmm. am a wee bit, like I'm very fixated on, right, we're doing this at this time and like I kind of need that to keep us together. That if you are having a bad day, sometimes like it can feel too daunting to not yeah. do the thing you're going to do. But as soon as you do, that relief, it's a wee bit like when you get a whole pass. And I hope I'm not offending any of my friends here, like yourself included. But you know when you've got plans to go out and then suddenly either they cancel or, you know, you have to cancel for a reason. And you're like, ah. Yeah. And it feels amazing because mm-hmm. that relief, because you're knackered. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think it's a wee bit, wee bit like mm-hmm. that. Like you know, you know, if as you say, if you're meant to be going swimming, just yeah. don't. Or if you're meant to be doing nothing and you can't cope being at home, exactly. go swimming. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. It's about being flexible within the consistent routine. But it's also really important to remember that, like you've just said, you know, if somebody cancels a night out, 
as much as we all love to catch up with people, we do get a little bit of relief from that at times. But I think we forget that babies and children can feel that too. So it's not just us as adults that can feel out of whack. They really can. And it's okay for them to not want to do something. We instantly put this pressure when they're kicking off saying, I don't want to go to dancing or karate or swimming or whatever. Where they're going, well, we've paid for the term. You have to go. Why do they have to go? It's one week. And actually reassuring them by not making them and forcing them to go that one week can mean that they do return for the entire term. So think about yourself when they are having a meltdown about going somewhere. Just think a little bit about how you feel when you're being forced to go somewhere. So it's easy for babies to verbalise that, but, yeah. you know, so essentially do what you want to do. <laughs> Sleep is often the thing that dictates whether a day is bad or better. A crap night's sleep can lead into feeling crap the next day for you and your baby or child. And the more crabby you both get, the harder the awake times or the day times can be. I also think that tiredness can really distort things like so it's actually possible that your day isn't so bad after all but it it just feels mm-hmm. like it is um so Sarah let's talk through how to manage and cope with a bad sleep day or night because I think that's often like the kind of cornerstone yeah. of what a bad day is or absolutely is. definitely and I think it's really important to acknowledge that If you are the kind of parent that goes a million miles an hour and uses nap times to get everything around the house done or, you know, constantly have plans and things, yeah, then if if you're lacking in sleep and finding yourself short in temper, it's really important that when baby or child is napping that you actually do just sit down. You don't even need to sleep, but just sit down and chill, try and reset a little bit. I know I'm super guilty if I've been working a lot of nights, bedtimes at home, become a little bit tense because you put that pressure on it's like you're tired you want to get them down so that you can go to bed and relax as well I think that's often how things spiral isn't it Mm -hmm. because you're you know you you, your child or your baby and your energy feed off each other so when you are tired and if they're tired that's why it can be this Mm -hmm. kind of taking a moment either for yourself or just to Mm -hmm. kind of breathe (laughs) yeah and it's okay if you're struggling to get to the next nap it's okay to sit down and just have a cuddle. You know, if they fall asleep on you, they fall asleep on you. If you've had a bad night or you're having a tough day, everything does go a little bit out the window at times. So if that particular nap means that you've both cuddled in, it's not, I think it's only a couple of weeks since you sent me that photo of you and Ever, isn't it? And I was yeah. like, it's fine, just do that. You know, that's what you need today. doesn't mean you're going to do it again tomorrow. So again, yeah. it comes back to that. It only needs to be one nap or one day. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be every single, mm-hmm. every single day. But I think, I think you sort of have two routes, really. I guess when it comes to sleep, when you've had a bad day or night, there's the kind of the the sticking to the routine bit mm-hmm. because that can give you comfort, but also it can stop things getting too out of hand. Mm-hmm. I guess you know that if you've had a, and that whole thing about kind of sectioning your day, which we'll come yeah. on to, but you know that if you've had a bad night still try and meet the nap times Mm -hmm. during the day rather than bringing them forward too much obviously if they're really tired you you know you can a wee bit but you know you don't you sort of don't want to mess around with those things too much because that can have a bit of a domino effect yeah you definitely don't want to come so out of routine that you're out of the buffer so you know go back to the sleep mom's 30 minute buffer and if you come out of that then yeah it's going to be harder to get on track but that doesn't mean that you can't use quiet time so 
obviously with tiny babies your quiet time is cuddle time yeah as they get older it's okay you know if you've got a toddler that you need to pop in front of the tv while you chill on the sofa for half an hour that is fine if you've got a non-napper i mean that sounds lovely but i'm not sure how often that actually (laughs) happens with a toddler i mean yeah although for some because they don't get tv a lot it can be really exciting and that can be the thing that you need and it's just a random thing so don't feel bad for it so that's sort of one route, you know, you're trying to stick to your timings. And the other is you kind of just accept that you're going to have a day where everything's there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you kind of want to have the start, if you have the kind of bookends of your day, your mm-hmm. start, try and keep your start time, which may not be possible if you've had a bad night, your start time, but essentially going from there for your, whether it's feeds or meals, going from that start point and the end point of your day, if you've got those bookends, Yeah, the middle of your day can be however it is. So I think if you've had like a really bad night and you are super tired, rather than trying to hook your day on your naps, always hook your day on your feeds and your meal times. And that instantly takes a little bit of pressure off. You know, if you're if you're tired anyway and then you're trying to use naps as your focus, it just induces more grumpiness and more tiredness for everyone. So kind of ignore the naps, ignore the thing that stressed you out in the first place and focus on the feed times and the meal times. That's such Good advice, actually, obviously. But, like, (laughs) I think when sleep is the issue, when you then focus on sleep, that, as you say, can become a bigger thing. Like, for a really long time, when bedtimes were quite stressful with my daughter, when she was around, when I I had had um, my son, so, you know, when Mm -hmm. she'd had a sibling, um, I, I was very tired And I couldn't cope with the fact that bedtimes were taking so long Mm -hmm. with her. And I think it totally escalated everything because I became to dread them. And actually, it just meant that they lasted longer. Mm -hmm. And the point, and this isn't to say that you should accept that bedtimes are going to take hours and hours. But the point that I just accepted that she would go to sleep and I would get her down and it would be okay, I think really, really helped because that took some of the stress away from me. And actually, she did start going to sleep (laughs) earlier as Uh a result. Definitely, no, it is. So much of parenting is our stress escalating everything. It's not that it stresses them out, but they feed off it and we become more short-tempered and everything just gets out of hand. And sometimes you do have to do things that you wouldn't necessarily want to do every day or recommend every day, but if it works in that instance to get that bad day to finish and then start the fresh one... Then do it. And don't get caught in a loop of guilt about that mm-hmm. because, as you say, it can just be mm-hmm. one day. It doesn't need to be every exactly. day. We know that dealing with a bad day is not a piece of cake. However, what can help is thinking of your day like one. If you split your day into slices of time or sections, it can feel more manageable if one or all of them goes tits up. So, Sarah, talk me through sectioning your day and why this helps. So you can do this in so many different ways. Like, you can literally section your day by half an hour at a time and just survive that half an hour and move on to the next half an hour and survive it. and get Do the next it. right thing. Exactly. exactly. Or you can, like we've just been saying, look at the bits of your day that you feel are manageable. So that might be if you section your day into milk feeds or if you section your day into meal times, or if you section your day into morning and afternoon or if you section it into being out the house, being in the house. So you can section your day however it works for you. Get other people involved if that makes it better. You know, if you weren't meant to be seeing anyone and suddenly you've had a crap time and you just need some support, phone a friend, phone some family, 
go and see somebody. You know, it's okay to section your day by relying on other people as well. Don't feel like you have to get through that day by yourself. So if you're doing that, you take, let's take it in sort of sections of the like the morning. You are literally trying to get through until whether it's lunchtime or their next nap time. Yeah, exactly. You're And try and hit that point of uh-huh. timing for the next thing. thing. I personally find with clients that sectioning it into the most smallest of sections is the way to get through the day. You know, nine times out of ten... I'll have heard from a client who's struggling in the morning, by lunchtime, they'll have been on the phone or sent a text saying, we're back on track, everything's absolutely fine, I'm surviving. So the smaller the section that you start thinking about in the morning, the quicker you will actually catch up and the quicker everything will calm down. And I think to kind of, like, not quite reward yourself for getting through, but, you know... Once you get to that point, you can be like, yeah, see, like mm-hmm. you almost need your confidence rebuilt, exactly. I think, after mm-hmm. you have a, a shitty night Definitely. or a shitty day or a shitty few days. Anything, you know, even if you've had like one crap settle or a nap or overnight, if you then have another good one, it instantly boosts you again because you know you can do it. And so even looking back on text messages can be an instant boost just to see actually, yeah, last week this happened and I came back from it. I think we spoke about this in a different podcast, but um, a friend of mine recommended sending a note, to, like putting a note yeah. in my diary for like, you know, six weeks down the line of like, remember how hard this is and you made yeah. it through. And I love that. And Definitely. I think you can t- sort of do that. Like you could even do it for like the next day or a mm-hmm. few days later. Be like, remember how hard this was, but yep. you got through it. And I think all those things, that's what we mean when we say like reward yourself. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean like buying yourself a, you know like handbag or whatever <laughs> floats your boat I don't know that I really buy handbags don't know where that came from but yeah um, but yeah it is, it's, it's a pat on the back isn't it so we talk about being consistent a lot keeping things largely the same using the same techniques and keeping the environment even but we also talk about being flexible Not as in like bending over backwards, but being comfortable with letting timings be a bit soft sometimes. But I think that can confuse people and we are trying very hard to make sure all our advice is as simple as possible. So Sarah, what is it? Flexibility or consistency? Or can it be both? It has to be both flexibility with inconsistency. And that again is where the 30 minute rule comes in. You know, that instantly gives you flexibility, but keeps things consistent. And also, that's essentially so that your timings aren't being juggled too, too much. much. Exactly. Um, and also, as we've just been talking about, the hanging your hooks on one thing allows you flexibility with inconsistency as well. That instantly allows you flexibility within your day as well. Yeah. Because you're not worrying about everything being exact. So if one thing adjusts slightly, you don't need to think about the other thing adjusting because it automatically will and provide you with that flexibility. So. As you know, for me, it's consistently being consistent, but I also love flexibility with inconsistency. So it's neither one or the other. It's a little bit of everything, but you'll find that you're more consistent than flexible. I think choosing certain things to be consistent about is actually a really good, particularly good around sleep, but it's Mm -hmm. also quite good in terms of parenting as well like it's essentially what you're talking about is boundaries I think it's generally good for life you know I know like I haven't worked with um, Helen like one of her big things for me was 
put in some consistency but don't rely on it. And for me, that was huge. Like, I advise people all the time on consistency. I have no consistency. And the one thing that we decided that we were going to be consistent for me about changed my entire week. Helen so. is, a, is, is a coach, <laughs> just in case everyone was like, who the hell is Helen? <laughs> An amazing coach. So, so yeah, you know, it's not, it's not just parenting. It's not just babies. Like, having that little bit of something that you can cling to makes a big difference to everyone in every walk of life. But being able to be flexible with that is so important. Being flexible sort of allows... I went very really posh there. Sort of. <laughs> being flexible sort of allows you... I think, to feel comfortable in rolling with the punches mm-hmm. when they happen, which is exactly. essentially what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you can be flexible on a bad day, you know that you're going to get through and come back from it. That kind of leads us on to our last point. Quite often when Sarah's working with families, even though they'll have talked all of this through, she'll get a message along the lines of, we've had a bad night, can we not all just have a lion? Which I totally understand, but like, given everything that we've been talking about, can we not? No, not until they're <laughs> old. <laughs> why is that? Why is the morning? Why are those parts of like the start and the end so, so important? important? So it's not as strict as no, you can't, because you have still got that half hour. So f- you know, if your lion is seven thirty in the morning, that's okay. Oh my god, a lion at seven thirty in the morning would be amazing. I've not had one of those for years. Yeah, I got a shock on Monday morning when I had to get them up for school. <laughs> um, so y- you've got a little bit of flexibility to have a lion, but if you go over that half an hour, you're gonna find it hard to then get to bedtime on the, in the time frame that you want to. So to f- to, to meet their needs. Uh huh. So if you're thinking. And actually to meet your needs as well, you know, as we've said in so many podcasts and in the book, we all want, we all love our children and our babies. However, we do have stuff that we have to get on with when they're asleep. And if they end up going to bed really late because you've had that lie-in, you'll be the one that gets ratty at the end of the day because they're not going to bed and actually you're the one responsible for it. So a lie-in might sound good at the time, but the impact that might have on the end of the day isn't worth it. And you in order to meet their needs, you do need so many hours in the day because you can't expect them to have breakfast at 10 o'clock and lunch at half 11 and then go down for yeah. a nap. It's not going to happen. So you do have to stagger things. I think also that consistency with the with the, the start and end times of your day is so important. We talked about it, it's so important of, like for adults too. Mm-hmm. And I notice it massively more so with my my eldest one in that she has a tendency to she's a bit of a night owl she likes mm-hmm. to stay up later but if she sleeps late like I quite often will let her like lie in because I'm dealing with the other two but honestly always that just ends up bumping her times yeah. later when I'm totally consistent with uh, seven, getting her up at seven o'clock in the morning then it is bedtimes are easier mm-hmm. definitely it massively impacts it and the bedtime impacts things as well, you know, as we know, an overtired child or baby can be prone to early weekends. So it's both ends of the day, you know, you don't want to do something one day that is going to have a natural impact on the next day. But having said that, if you have a lion, you will be able to fix it. Like that's the whole will. point. If mm-hmm. you have a lion, you can come back from it. We're just saying yeah. if you can, if you can try not to, mm-hmm. that's going to work. And the thing better. as well is that when, um, when they're baby babies, Lions can happen because it can just naturally flow into their first nap. So, yeah. 
We're just not keep your pajamas that. on. Exactly. Don't go out. Don't do anything. You mm-hmm. know, get them up. Give them a feed. Yeah. Put them back to bed, and you mm-hmm. go back to bed too. And actually, when they're older as well, having those pajama days. Like we had a pajama day on Saturday because my kids were just fried, and they knew that they were going back to school on Monday. See, I have so. a child that is like a puppy. That if <laughs> if if he does not get walked, like yeah. it's not going to be pajamas. And watching movies is not going to be fun for anyone. I mean, we did take the dog out for a walk in our pajamas, so it's okay. okay. I'll, I'll take Rora out for a walk in my pajamas. I think it's also worth saying that when you have a tough day or night, it's really easy to slip into things that you might have done when your baby or child was younger that maybe worked and you're at a bit of a loss, so you kind of just do it. Like things like, particular, I guess when you've you know got a small baby, things like rocking, feeding, yeah. or using a particular kind of like sleep prop like mm-hmm. that you may have weaned you or your baby from. Um, obviously, we're not saying never do these things. Mm-hmm. You were talking about a time the other week when I 100%, you know, <laughs> was doing all of those things within one session to try and get the baby to sleep. But... It can be harder to stop those things a second or third time. Mm-hmm. So it's just being aware of it. It's not that you can't stop it, but it can also be yeah easy to then get back into it and you're like, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. I think as well in times like that, if you know that you're going to fall back on something like that, have a little bit of a plan on how to get out of it. Like I think that really applies to holidays. You know, If you know that your travel day is going to involve sling sleeps or buggy sleeps or naps on you, then have a little bit of a plan in place just to come out the other side. So if it's a planned bad day, have a plan to have a better days afterwards. That's a good point. I quite like the idea of having planned a bad day as well. <laughs> I'd just Sometimes be like, do you, you know what? To. Just not going to do any of the things. <laughs> Not going to speak to anybody. (laughs) As you know, it's really important to us that we put our advice to practice for you in your lives, which is why we answer one of your questions every week. We know how much they mean to you because you tell us. Uh, This week we have a listener question all about bad days. Hi, Kat and Sarah. I'm a bit worried when I have a day when nothing goes right and at then try and put my baby to bed earlier because they're really tired. Then all they're going to do is wake up earlier and I don't want that. What do I do? Thanks. It's Kirsten, by the way. So that's essentially what we've covered already. But just to reinforce, that's one day. So if you use the buffer of the 30 minutes, it's not going to have an knock-on effect. But if they do wake up early, treat it like an early wake-in. And get through it that day and you'll find that you naturally fall back into routine and get back to bedtime on time the next day. But it's really, really important. Just use your 30 minutes and not be tempted to stretch it by 45 or an hour. So that's when you need to use food. So if your baby is looking like they're going to fall asleep or you're really struggling to get them through, first thing to do is go out for a quick walk. You know, 10 minutes with a bit of cold air coming in their face. That makes all the difference. Exactly. Then have a snack, extend the bath time. You know, no baby is going to fall asleep in the bath unless they're tiny and they can. But if they're sitting up and moving around, they're not going to fall Aren't asleep. Aren't you going to make the them overtired though if you're overstimulating in the bath or getting them You cold. can have a really quiet bath. So I love just switching all the lights out, popping a little candle on, having some nice, romantic smells. Exactly. It doesn't need to be stimulating. You don't need to do lots of active play. You can actually just sit in the bath and sing quiet songs. You even have a bath with them, which is really calming for them. So. <coughs> You can tell that Kat and I are on top form health wise today. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so just make it a super relaxing bath rather than a stimulating bath. Um, then have a quick snack and then go off to bed. I think that persistent worry of putting your baby or child to bed too early will encourage them to wake up is so ingrained in us and it is so often not what happens. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, if you try to put your baby to bed or child at five o'clock, you know, a general kind of normal schedule, if you like, Mm -hmm. that's probably not going to work. But, you know, those 10 or 15 minutes earlier don't tend to, in my experience anyway, and I think your experience Mm -hmm. of thousands of families doesn't tend to mean that you're suddenly going to have a child that wakes 15 or half an hour earlier quite often they wake up at the right time and also they're quite happy if they've had that good constructive um constructive wrong word what word am i looking for rejuvenating if they've had that really good rejuvenating sleep where they're waking up feeling fresh they'll wake up happy so they'll be quite happy. Like I've got a little one just now who can sit and, you know, wake up round about six, half six, but they're quite happy to sit playing and babbling away happily in their cot until half seven. So that's fine. You know, he is on it. He's totally happy, totally fine, totally safe. Allows mum and dad to get up and get ready. They don't need to rush in and get him up. And you don't yeah. either. You know, if your little one wakes up a little bit early but is happy, leave them to yeah. it. Yeah. So, so good sleep is like quality sleep exactly. is the goal mm-hmm. uh, for me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hope that helps, Kirsten. And if you have a question for us, get in touch with us at the Sleep Mums on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, our website, which is thesleepmums.co.uk, or you can send us a wee email. You'll find the address on our website. We love to hear from you. So send us your questions. The most important thing to remember when you have a bad day is that you can come back from it. So if your day has taken a nosedive and it feels like it's all spiralling out, take a moment to breathe. Tomorrow is another day and it will be a better one. Or the next one will be, or the day after that. It will come. In the meantime, taking a moment, resetting your headspace and your routine can help. Sectioning your day is a really good place to start. You only need to make it through to lunchtime or bedtime. If you have the energy, changing your environment can help. If you're at home, you can go out. If you've been out and you've had a shocker, go home. Have that scream that I mentioned at the start or a biscuit, if that's your jam. If it's a really, really awful, can I sell them on eBay kind of a day, and honestly, we all have those. Do not feel guilty about it. Ask for help. You're not alone, whether it's family, friends, healthcare professionals, a kindly looking person you just met at the bus stop, or us. There is help, and there is never, ever any shame in asking for it. As ever, look after yourselves and sleep soon. <laughs>